Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Thirsty Smurfin' Thursday. We are yanking them back, uh, loud, ready, ready to go. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, the last time we had a call-in show. Um, uh, We'll go ahead and bring everybody up. Uh, Demay, did you know Brian Whalen called back? Is Brian getting lonely again? Yeah, he called back and called 17 times from an unknown number. And so we held the lines specifically for him. We had to hang up on Dan the Lawn Man uh, to to switch over to him. And apparently he had called so many times that somehow he wigged out the carrier and his star six seven uh, no longer worked. And so it went from unknown caller to, of course, the number we have saved uh, as Sir Brian Whalen. Uh, and we were <laughs> we got an immediate notification that that's who it was that was calling. And uh, and he came on. He said, it's Dan the Lawn Man. And I was like, oh, yeah. Hey, Brian, by the way, what did you mean the first time you called? What did you exactly want to say to us? By the way, congratulations on becoming a master gardener. And guess yeah, what he way. did? Congratulations. It was the mecca of achievement. <laughs> he hung up. He, he, uh, yeah, he chicken shitted out. He hung up. He had enough. And, uh, and then I, I proceeded to, uh, to, to let him know all the things, not all the things, but a lot of the things we learned about him, you know, including his brother and his brother in the, in the Navy and brother just had a, a beautiful second baby. And, uh, you know, it's interesting how he could be from the same loins that birthed his brother. He, you know, he, he also originated there. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. So it all, it all, it all worked out. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that in real life he is as sad of a sack of dog shit as he is online uh so congratulations brian sir you may eat all of my balls um Mar- uh, mark the mutt said all my questions are about master gardeners in north carolina i think i'm in the right place yes we have we have answers we have opinions and uh and i and i promise they they are all negative yeah i think i think i think that's safe to say we're gonna open up the phone lines 304-804-7277 304-80-GRASS that's 304-8047-ASS if you're into that kind of thing i'm an ass man personally yeah i mean it's my thing (laughs) it is it is listen i was gonna ask a question out to all of our, uh, oh well, let's, well, I'll wait. I'll hold my question. Oh, let's get to the caller. Go ahead, cowboy. Listen, I was going to ask a question out to. Hey, uh, caller, I need you to turn the video off and listen to us. Can you listen to us on the phone? Hello. Oh boy. Hey, caller, can you turn the video off and listen to us uh, on your on your phone? Is it because we're going to be on delay on YouTube. Gotcha, gotcha, Matt. Hey, yo. Shut down. Who do, who <laughs> do we have the pleasure of speaking with? This is the great Steve, guys. How are you doing? Uh, good. Doing great. Good. good. Hey, good. Uh, Demay, hey, b- real quick, before before you get your question in, Demay has yeah. a question he wants to ask callers tonight. 
And uh, oh, it, yeah. am I right about that or am I wrong? So I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm you're, turn you're it right. Over to May real quick. I'm just gonna. I just want to put it out there. Have have folks call in and, and offer up their the pros specifically of you know something that uh, has come up of how and Matt and and Ray, you guys can talk about this a little bit too. How you would di- divide up a uh, a new branch or a new route based on having a variety of warm season grasses to take care of in mm. you know. Uh, warm season country, right? With different herbicides, different tank mixes, things like that. Just mm-hmm. how you are doing it. Like I know Paul Atlaw, I learned, has two different sprayers and runs like mm-hmm. a cool season sprayer and a warm season sprayer. So anyway, we can dive into that. But let's listen to grass and then we'll have some some pros call in and we can jam on that question here a little bit. I want to learn more about that, how all people right. are all What's doing that. What's up, grass thief? What's up, dude? Uh, not much. I just, uh, I, my last phone call to you guys, we were, you guys looked over my soil test, right? And I was telling you, Matt, that I did that application. My my soil pH was at 7.2, and I put down the powdered sulfur and the um, uh, citric acid, and I did it with, I had rain coming and everything. And during that conversation that you said, me telling you that, Ray Ito had said something that caught my attention, and he said, make sure that you retest your pH level because you never know. Sometimes it can really drop. So I'm glad I caught that. I had an extra soil test, so I went ahead and did it, sent it in. I just got the results this morning, and I don't know if this is a fluke or what, but I did notice a change in the pH meters that I had that it, it wasn't registering as high as before. And I said, oh, maybe it's just the meters are off. Anyways, the new soil test showed 6.7, I believe it came in. So it's like, what, five-tenths of a point that it dropped? So yes. if you can speak on that. I did send Jay Pink the soil test. Okay. Grass teeth? This situation right here is exactly why I told you to plan on testing periodically when you're going on this uh, pH uh, alteration program because five-tenths of a point pH difference is a lot. Okay, right. It's a lot. Right. Yeah, this is major. And so, so if you look... Down in the soil test, I what I notice, you know, I don't I don't see things right like you guys can see them. But if you look at the bottom and the calcium level, and look at the mm-hmm. difference between my last calcium number and now today's, uh, I believe mm-hmm. it was like I know it's like eighty eighty eight percent calcium on my last test, and now sixty mm-hmm. something percent. Now does that have to do mm-hmm. with me flushing out? I, w- I wouldn't pay attention so much to the uh, to the percentages as I would just your actual values too. It's just okay. kind of a rule of thumb yeah. because yeah. you could pi- apply potassium and you're going to skew that percentage, you know, really yes, quickly. You're gonna, yes, you're going to you're going to tilt the percentages, but what I'm looking at is if a soil test is reading parts per million of calcium, magnesium, and Potassium, for example, I pay attention to those numbers, but what's significant to me is on this test, a 
apparently your calcium level is flagged as high. And that is an expected result because what's happening is this soil test is now detecting all of the calcium that your citric acid application is putting into the soil solution. It's now able to detect it. Uh, and here, here, here's the other thing. So the previous test, the calcium uh-huh. level was at 2409, 2,409 parts per million. Uh, and then on the new one, if you switch it over to parts per million, it is 1,143. Effectively, it has dropped in half. That mm-hmm. seems like a lot. Okay. Okay. And So now, I know on the soil test itself, like when I get it, you can switch it from pounds per thousand, parts per million, and then I think per yeah. acre. So I don't know yeah. what it's showing it on your end right to, now. I changed it all to parts per million, at least you know where, okay. I, where I'm looking at this, so to, to make sure you know equal to equal on it, right? So, so what do you think, Matt? Do you think it's legit? I, I mean, yeah, because also your hydrogen level went up, uh, you know, su- significantly as well too, and I think I think that would be a better indicator of uh, of of why you would see things, right? Like because it, all right, so the, the 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 greater the amount of hydrogen in your soil. Uh, the, uh, the the more acidic it becomes, right? So you know, it's right. an easy way, simple way to think of it is hydrogen equals acidity, right? So ca- you know, calcium or alkalinity in your soil, um, uh, which is not exactly one to one when I say that, but uh, in this particular instance, I'm going to use it that way just for for simplicity's sake, right? Um, the the uh, a higher concentration of hydrogen will work against the buffering capacity that's coming from uh we'll say we'll say calcium carbonate in this example i don't know if that's exactly what it is but i'm saying that uh if if that were the case which very well could be the case that the majority of the calcium is coming from calcium carbonate in your lawn um okay in your in your soil um then then having a higher concentration of hydrogen means that it would be reacting with that and uh put it into some sort of soluble state that would allow it to leach out, uh, and that's why you you would effectively lose it by half. I mean, because you you went you went from very very little hydrogen to a shit ton of hydrogen, right? right. So eight eight to twenty. I noticed that too. I noticed uh, that and, too, and, and, and also and this, is, this was like maybe my third soil test this summer, right? Because I'm just like such a geek and a nerd with this stuff. I'm always trying to learn, and. Up until today's test, they had my my pH seven point two every time I did it. So, and now it came in at six seven. So I think something happened. <laughs> yeah, and you know people people are still talking, still asking about this. Uh, his application was made thirty days prior of elemental sulfur and citric acid, right? So yeah, so it's a little over asking, a month. Is this is this going to be temporary? Well. Right. Again, it's it's one of those that it depends on the buffer capacity in the soil, right? Uh, okay. So yes, the amount of hydrogen you have in the soil is is going to be temporary, right? Because that's going to continue to buffer against uh, the buffering material you have in your soil, right? So eventually that will all be buffered out and it'll be gone, and then you know you would you would reach equilibrium there at your at your soil pH. It'd become more more stable at that point. So. Um, but uh, chances you would are, say I'm good go, for the summer, though, right? Don't touch it. 
Yeah, is it going to go from seven two to six seven back to seven two? Like it, you know, between now and in your first frost in October? No, right? No, probably not. So you, yeah, probably you're not. you're golden. As a matter of fact, right? You're golden. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked about it, man. Because when you when you see an application and then you see the results, so I'm I'm actually excited about the whole thing. And I, and I want to make this clear that what you see is not the norm, okay? Like, that is that is not the norm. And so for our people in Texas right now that are looking at this and think that they can get away with the same thing, do not get your hopes up. If you have 20,000 parts per million of calcium, 24,000 parts per million of calcium, and you do a single app of citric acid and and uh, elemental sulfur, it is going to laugh at you. It will literally not move right. it. In fact, not only will it move it in that one application, you can do five applications a year for the next three right. years, and chances are it won't move. Maybe on the fourth year, you'll eliminate enough of that buffering material to begin to start to decrease your pH. It is what it is. That's why Aldo yeah. had to come in when it was um, uh, 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 fallowed and literally apply 50 pounds per thousand square feet of elemental sulfur prior to uh, uh, growing in his new grass because that that was the only way to get it to move because you had to apply right. enough acid to counteract the buffering material. So um, anyway, I just I wanted to clear that up as well too because I'm sure someone is going to write in to be like, I'm in Texas, I have 27,000 parts per million and, uh, and it doesn't move. Like, I know, I know it doesn't. Yeah, and honestly, I learned that watching your video with I think it's the Lawn Guardian. When your pH is up near eight or higher, I can understand that it might take three, four applications to move it, maybe a two tenths of a point. But I didn't care. I was playing. I look at it like this: I'm always playing with house money with everything I'm doing. So that's right. If you're playing with house money, you're you're always. Your odds of winning are that much higher. <laughs> All right, so listen, while I got you on the phone, I don't want to take too much of your time up with your other callers because I want to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. But I, I have a, a, one concern, and I know where you're going to stand on this, Matt, as far as fungicides, right? For, all right, so I got to home at 31. I'm in Zone 7A. I'm in southern New Jersey, right? I have Headway G because I bought it two years ago, like 99% of the rest of the DIYers, which I really didn't use this summer at all. But I'm concerned about going into dormancy about for next spring. So, like, what should I be looking at as far as, like, a hybrid Bermuda? Is it large patch that I can get? And what kind of fungicide for a homeowner? Because there's not many of them from what I'm reading. Can you talk yeah, on it, that? Maybe large, maybe. May, do you know how many times in my career I have seen uh, rising tones line, a large patch affect Bermuda grass? Okay. Maybe three times in, I can't okay. tell you how many thousands of acres of Bermuda. Right. Grass. That makes me feel better. All right. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> so just watch. Of probability just, just of you, watching, yeah. just keep an eye on things. Is that what you're saying? No preventative apps? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Somebody mentioned spring dead spot. Uh, Demay, you have more experience with Tahoma 31 than I do. Is spring dead spot uh, uh, severity a thing in Tahoma 31? Or is that going to be some of the older cultivars? <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any 
data to support this other than anecdotal. I'm sure there's data that exists out there specifically on Tahoma 31, but um, you know, we're typically making a lexicon app, which is not cheap. Ray will tell you it's his favorite fungicide, not because it's the coolest sounding one, but because it's the most expensive one. Um, yeah, I've seen that. It, it's not cheap, but grassy. Works. It, it <laughs> works, and you know, for what the the area that you're covering, like it's a significant upfront investment. But one, you know, it works, and two, right? Uh, well, two. There's three three reasons. One, you know, it works. Two, uh, it's an initial hit, but it's going to last you a long time. One bottle's going right. to cover an entire acre. How big's your lawn again? I and I well when I finish it next year. Right now I got fifteen hundred square foot of tillment. When I'm all done, I'll have about thirty something hundred square foot, which I don't well, mind making the <laughs> investment because that's just the way I am. So yeah, well, and uh, like I'm saying, like the, with with you know fifteen hundred to three thousand square feet, I mean it, you you're gonna live to a hundred, and I don't know that this bottle is gonna run you out. So uh, it's a good thing to have around. The last thing is is that. You know, in addition to the fungicidal properties, there's some type of synergistic effect that it has on the overall health of Bermuda grass in particular, uh, right. and other plants too, potted plants and whatnot, um, greenhouse stuff that definitely makes a difference. And we, that's part of the reason that we choose to use that late season as well, is that you kind of get a little bit more bang for your buck as the grass is about to go through dormancy and things like that. So take it for what it's worth. It's not the cheapest route, but, uh, you know, it's only... So uh, what, if I did apply, it. like, a preventative of that for before winter dormancy, when would I look to do that, right? Would it be, like, you see where I'm at in southern New Jersey? What, what yeah, month and, like, when would I be looking to put that down? Labor Day-ish. Okay. Yeah. Right okay. around there, I'd say, in your, in your, in your area, so make that application and then definitely at that point and no later uh all your nitrogen applications should cease at that point uh and you know you just ride it out you can do different things with micros you can do i mean there's lots of little things you can play around with to you know try and stave off dormancy a little bit longer you know like using wetting agents that prevent dew formation so that you don't get as much frost when you have those cold clear nights um right you know, things like I that. I just put but, down my last nitrogen app that I think. So I think I did like three and a half pounds for the whole entire year last weekend. And I think I'm going to be done for the, for the year. What do you think? You think that's okay? I, I think you're good. Yep. Right. Good. I, I think, think that's that, great. That grass, that, that grass can take as much as you'll throw at it, but three and a half is solid. Right. And, and just so you know, also, right. Matt, I threw down in May. June, July, and August, I did two-ounce rate of the prefix, 1001. So I don't know if that helps a little bit as far as fungus. But no. Prefix I, won't do I, anything I would, for I fungus. Expect, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything for that. Rooting standpoint, oh, okay. especially being new, I think I think that, that would be okay. But uh, no, nothing for fungus. Yeah. Promotes rooting. Right. That's that's a positive grass thief. However, you're probably doing this the right way by planning on ending your nitrogen applications at least 45 days before anticipated dormancy. That is the right one of one of the best things you can do, especially if 
you're talking about a warm season grass that is not in the tropics. Right. Okay. If it's not in the tropics, yeah, I think, uh, you know, last nitrogen application in August or end of July is uh, smart. Okay. That's, that's a smart, okay. uh, smart thing to do. And uh, then, of course, uh, here's the thing to note about using something like Lexicon or even Headway, if you decide to go that by that route. Okay. The fungicide needs to be absorbed by actively growing roots, shoots, and leaves. So this is kind of one of those things where it's done towards the end of the season, but before the grass is completely dormant. Right, makes sense. Okay. All right. Because all right. Good deal. All of these, yeah, all these fungicides have to get absorbed and incorporated into the tissues of the grass before it goes to sleep. Understood. Right. 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 All right, boys. Thank you again. Thanks, JP. And uh, have a good weekend. And uh, I'm going to enjoy the show. Cheers. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you for calling in. Look at that. It does it does it does not get more Jersey than Grass Thief, and uh, it is it is always <laughs> good to talk to him. It is a, it is a reminder, man. It's like it's like watching every movie that was centered in the Northeast, you know, as a kid. It's like, oh my god, this guy lived. It's it. that guy. He legitimately no, it, lived no, it. This reminds me of the unaltered, unsanitized Godfather movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee okay. you he's seen real <laughs> violations of the Shit. RICO Act real instances of racketeering <laughs> occurring without a doubt I don't want to know oh. half the shit that Grass Thief has said has yeah, seen you know what yes I do I no, do want to know Grass Thief we can do it offline no, Grass Thief reminds me of my late mentor the, one, the guy that I called the Oyabun <laughs> Okay. I mean, he reminds me of that guy. Was he Jersey as hell? <laughs> no. He was Vegas and Hawaii as hell. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I, I have no context of what that could even be like. Literally nothing. Well, let's just say that uh people talk a lot about you know the families in like chicago jersey and new york that is that kind of action is alive and well in hawaii <laughs> <laughs> go ahead cowboy what's up big dog who are we talking to Hey, this is Jeremy. What's happening? Wilmington, North Carolina. How's it going? Oh, hey. I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. What's uh, uh what's going on? Questions. Yeah, yeah. What you got? Yeah, let's uh let's start with uh my fungi my fungicide. Okay. Rotation. Um so I'm uh I got a, 
I don't, uh, I don't have a, well, let me, I've got a little bit of delay here. Bear with me for a second. Yeah. Okay. All right. You there? Yes, sir. We got right, you. So, um, we got yeah. you. Yeah. So I use a backpack sprayer, um, and I rotate, uh, I rotate, um, at, so I got as prop and then I rotate, uh, with, uh, Clary's 33, right. Um, yeah. backpack sprayer. I don't have a high carrier volume, so I'm, I'm uh, using a gallon, gallon for, for a thousand. And okay. so what, what I normally do is I'll apply and I'll just water it in lightly, both of them, both, both the Asprof and the, uh, the, uh, Clary's. So am I doing that? Am I doing that right? Am I no. Uh, what, what kind of, what kind of grass no. type do you have? <laughs> Zoysia. Zoysia no. grass. No, yeah. Ray, no, you uh, with with Zorgia grass in in Wilmington, North Carolina. So we got to think. We got to think. This is going to be this is going to be beach community. But but we are still experiencing a minimum of three months of dormancy a year, like full full on dormancy. Okay, here's the here's the deal. Is we are talking about fungicides that. Uh-huh are acropetal penetrants. In other words, they go into the leaf tissue and they move to a certain extent within the plant, right? And so ideal circumstance is to cover the foliage with that fungicide as best as you can and then permit that application to dry on that turf grass without any more water. All right. That's, uh, and as far as uh, application volumes go, I'm going to say that it depends. Because you see, if you have a backpack sprayer and you're spraying it as a very fine mist, like through what's known as a XRT jet nozzle or a TPT jet nozzle, which is a fine fat flat fan yeah. nozzle, then right. I don't worry about a gallon per thousand carrier okay. volume. Okay, I don't I don't worry about it because uh, yeah. the other consideration to me is how tall, dense, or thick is your grass. That's retreating. Right. How dense tall yeah, so, uh, I feel like I'm getting good coverage. I, I, I've got a, I've got a two nozzle boom with uh, the AIXR nozzles, right? So, okay. Um, I just reading, mm-hmm. reading the la- reading the labels and whatnot. I was, I was concerned about the carrier volume and, uh, the, what you're saying makes sense. So I, I think I, I, you know, I, I will just start doing my apps and not, not watering it in. After. 
Yeah, yeah l- because let me, uh, let me ask you this: uh, when when are you typically applying, uh, and what what diseases are of major concern for you? What do you mm. know? What kind of zoysiagrass you have? Yeah, it's Empire. Empire. Okay. Uh, and are, are you are you doing this like <laughs> through spring and then in fall, or are you are you spraying through middle of summer too? I'm I'm doing it through the year on you know about every three. I make I'm it might be four weeks in between apps. It sounds like a lot of unnecessary apps. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think okay. you back because off. Here's like a lot. Here here's where I would be applying most of my fungicides for Empire Zoetia. I oh. would be making two to three applications of azoxystrobin propiconazole towards the last quarter of the year. And then I would apply again, maybe one time in the spring. And here's why. My disease of concern on Empire Zoetia is large patch. That is my disease of concern. And to target that disease, you are making your applications like a couple in the fall and then one more in mm-hmm. spring. That, that, that's how you normally treat for large patch. And, okay. the other, and the other diseases like, say, leaf spots and dollar spot are normally not as much of an issue on your average high height of cut zoysia home lawn not as much of an issue okay 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 i mean so i think there's a lot more fungicide going down than what may be needed that's just my all right my opinion i mean because uh i gotta tell you i typically do not see a lot of disease in zoysia when temperatures in the daytime stay above 85 and nighttime temperatures uh-huh. stay above 70. I don't see the disease pressure. Well, we've had plenty of that I mean, this year. Uh-huh, but, because on the other hand, uh, I'm on high yeah. alert when daytime temperatures are below 80 and nighttime temperatures are in the 60s. That's when I'm on, All you right. know, you know, DEFCON 6, because that, for me, right. is large patch weather. Great. Good to know. Uh, all right. Yeah. Second question. Um, uh, regarding sulfenazone, um, so I've got, I've got centipede in my front yard, right? Um, don't don't really have any weed pressure in the back, in the zoysia, but the front, you know, I've kind of got... Uh, yeah, you know the 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 typical winter, the winter weeds, the typical summer weeds. Not not a lot of either one, but um, I feel like this year, you know, my, my I felt like my for diamine application maybe um, kind of kind of hurt my centipede a little bit, and I'm thinking about mm-hmm. um, maybe um, instead of using the prodiamine. I'll probably continue the prodiamine in the in the back with the, with the zoysia, but I'm thinking about uh, maybe a sulfentrazone 
um, in the spring of centipede. What do you think about that? Ooh. Okay. As that a, as is a possible. Both, you know, as a uh, post-emergent and a, and a pre-emergent, I don't really have any any crabgrass pressure. It's mostly just your, um, you know, Lespedeza, um, some of these other, you know, spurge. Um, and then I have a fair amount of um, Kalinga and, and you know, some of the other nut sedges. Maybe, um, I, I don't know. I, yellow, I think. I think I've got yellow nut sedge. Okay. Okay. Here's yeah, my so thought what, on this. Yeah, you know, but let me let me hear what yours Ray, Ray is, and then I'll 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 go with mine. Okay. Here's what my thought is: is that the kind of weeds that you're seeing on your centipede are the kind of weeds normal, that, by the way, for your per, area. Yeah. That perdiamine yeah. does absolutely nothing for. Anyway, does okay. nothing for them. And so. Like for centipede grass, what I'm in favor of is in the winter months, did you know that centipede is very tolerant of pilex and tenacity? Either of those herbicides, it's very tolerant of those. Next thing I can tell you is that in centipede, in the spring before it gets too hot, I would like to see sulfentrazone applied broadcast to centipede mm -hmm. at the rate of four ounces per acre equivalent. I'd like to see that. And okay. if you have if you have Lespedeza and Spurge, that is where I would add 0.25 ounce per acre of MSM. Please make note of that. Just 0.25 ounce not 2.5 ounce or even a half an ounce. Yeah. Just yeah. 0.25 ounce. of an ounce per acre. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've, heard, I've, heard, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard the stories. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the deal with MSM on centipede is that once you get near a half an ounce per acre per year on centipede, that is a very sketchy situation. That will put centipede into decline even if you're not careful. But a quarter of an right. ounce per acre is tolerated. It is tolerated. So you can do that. And the good thing is that neither Lespedeza nor Spurge are tolerant of MSM. So a little bit goes a long way if that, that's your weed pressure. <laughs> Yeah, so I was thinking, uh, you, you know, one of the one of those situations where you go out, you know, like sulfentrazone four ounces per acre, sulfentrazone four ounces per acre, and maybe in the mm -hmm. second or third application of sulfentrazone is where you add your um, uh, your metsulfuron methyl, right? Metsulfuron is going to have a nice, mm -hmm. uh, you know, residual uh, from it as well too. So it stays. You know, if you it if stays. you if you time it right and you catch it before it breaches the canopy, it's gonna have it's gonna have a nice long lasting effect for you, right? So I don't know if that's gonna be in the timing of your second or your third app of of sulfentrazone, but sulfentrazone four ounces per acre every thirty days, three apps. You're looking for a total of twelve. That's gonna give you season long control of your Kalinga, and uh, and then throw in you know, one app of your metsulfuron methyl, and that they, you you should be as clean as a whistle for the remainder of the season. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Yep. <laughs> I'm just listening and learning. Too. Sound good? That's all I got. Thanks, thanks a bunch. Okay. okay. Yeah, man. Excellent. Thanks for calling in. Right. It's good talking to you. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Y'all, y'all have a good night. All right. You too. Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, uh, it looks it looks like uh, Muddy Muddy Ducks wants to call in. He's uh, he's losing his college loans and his business, and he wants to ask me questions about filing Chapter Seven. Uh, I know I know very well about it. Uh, in fact, I can I can even recommend you an attorney if you're in the state of Tennessee. I can I can turn you over to the one oh, I Lord. used. <laughs> uh, so yeah, by all means, I got you, brother. I got you. There's a, there's a, I've I've got experience in a, a fair amount of shit that that goes all the way from uh, from uh, uh, decent degrees of success to the bottom of the barrel of failure. I've done it. So please, I'd love to have the conversation with you. Caller, who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? Am I live? Yes, you're live. Oh, fantastic. Uh, this is Westmaster. Brent, this is who? Brent, Westmaster. Brent, Brent. Brent. Wow, what are you doing? What are you doing, Brent? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm watching the lawn get raked on for the 300th time for this season. I got a lot of rain up there these last few days. Like a lot of rain in mass. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. What, what was oh, it? Was it, it was it was it was it Monday night or what, what was it? Sunday night or Monday night? You guys got absolutely destroyed. Oh, we we uh, uh both both. Okay, there was one night though. I know you guys got like it was something like five to seven inches from like midnight to like eight a.m. or something crazy like that. Uh, oh yeah, oh, constantly raining. We are we are on monsoon all the time, all the time. So Brent, I need anyway, to ask you a question though. Question uh, how how come you how come you haven't been out to treat my lawn then? I'm getting upset. <laughs> you were supposed to treat my lawn last week. How come you haven't been out? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so my question for you guys is, uh, what can we do for this disease pressure for cool season turf and with it raining all the time? Uh, right, you know, yeah, I was going to, uh, well, I mean, I'd say three things that you can do. Uh, one is if you have lawns that are super susceptible to pythium, you might consider uh, buying methanoxins or, or subdue granular and applying that. Um, oh, yeah. I think I, that goes I out. I want to say it's definitely, that's an old, that's an old golf course trick. You know, when you have like. Yeah really immature juvenile bent grass and you can't take a sprayer across like a new green or something like that you just go out and spread 
subdue granular like subdue it's one style. Subdue I, I forget that you yeah. could you could uh you could get granular subdue but yeah subdue g was was the damn i was oh man it's a ticket bring it yeah. bring it back well i know yeah well i i remember i remember subdue granular because that is popular in nursery crops yeah because piscium and phytophthora infection of uh, foliage plants you know, subdue G in the potting media. <laughs> so that's one thing. The second thing you can do is count your lucky fucking stars that it's uh, damn near seeding season. And number three is you can buy a whole shit pile of seed and just get ready to put it back in the ground. Because I think at this point, you know, there there is a certain point uh, that you can no longer spray your way out of something, right? When it comes to mm-hmm. pressure that you're about to be under and that you have Problems, zero control yeah. over. So I look at mm-hmm. dollars spent of, you know, and let me look at real quick too, like where you're going to be weather-wise here coming up. Uh, we're going to do this and this. 69 raining there right now. Beautiful. You know, you're in some pretty favorable weather. I, though. I mean, like the, and, the and, end yeah, of dude, next week, you're at 60 guys. night. Subdue is going to be highly targeted right. to Pythium, though. But I, what, that's what I'm saying. Is if you, if you, pressure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because you can go out you with got all kinds pillar, of granular you options. You get Headway G. Yeah. Pillar, pillar G. Um, uh, pillar com- G. What is it? Compass mm-hmm. G. Uh, oh, Golf Course on I don't know. Be, actually, uh, Matt, I know there's various companies that make assorted. Uh, fungicides in granular options like at one time i even saw prostar g and uh microbutanol g so there's like various uh options available and of course the uh ones that you mentioned you know pillar or headway and if uh thinking about incessant rain I'd probably say, okay, consideration will be given to a one pass of uh, subduji and another pass of uh, headway or pillar. Because at this point, there's so much water on the ground that, you know, once you throw those granules, the granules will release their active ingredient in that water. And it's almost as good as if you sprayed it. There. <laughs> Well, fair enough. Fair enough. I mm-hmm. think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Western Mass Turf uh, talked about it uh, a couple couple weeks, uh, well, this week. But uh, mm-hmm. thank you, guys. I love you guys. Uh, yeah, Brent, we, lo- we love you, too. Yeah. And uh, keep preaching, like, good, good content that... Uh, uh. You know, a little bit all that. Is, is part of the true uh true uh people that love doing this right fucking a right uh <laughs> everybody go subscribe to brent i just threw a link to his channel in the chat go go give him a subscribe he's got he's got a lot of shit it's it's it. It is some of the realest <laughs> lawn care content it's not the in your face hype guy 
bullshit. I think it's, you know, a vlog slash just real talk channel for people that are in the the trenches of the lawn care industry and owning their own business and all this stuff. I just spent 12 hours in a truck looking at properties and I need to decompress and I'm going to decompress. (laughs) He does. (laughs) There is that's why I love you. Every time that that Brent puts a video out, I watch it and there's like a picture painted on his face and I can tell exactly how his day went that day just by (laughs) I can just pause the video and I'm like, oh, Brent had a good day. He made a video or, oh, man, you know, Brent might have killed somebody today. I don't know. It's hard to say, you know, so (laughs) keep doing what you're doing, Brent. Oh, I love you guys. We're on the same page. We love you, too. We love you, too. Yeah. Muddy Ducks He's wants to talk. I'll, I'll, I'll let somebody else call in. Yeah, we're going to get Ducks Muddy Ducks call on in. here. He wants to he wants to talk about Carbon Earth and uh, my previous drug usage and all the fun stuff. And uh, like I said, I'll be 100% of an open book and I'll tell you whatever it is you want to know. Uh, we can talk about my previous <laughs> investors too. So we'll get it done. Thank you, Brent. I love you, sir. All right. Love you too. Bye. All right. Bye uh money ducks we are holding the line for you so go ahead and call now uh it is yours and uh and we're gonna we're gonna give you every opportunity to call so muddy ducks it's it's the floor is yours let's see what you have to say uh caller you're live uh no that was cam he hung up oh okay oh, uh, he uh, uh we we'll call cam back cam we are gonna call you back uh muddy ducks the the line is yours uh, we will call you back, Cam, because I want to talk to you anyway. I'd, I'd rather talk to you, I promise. Uh, how much money did your investors <laughs> lose? Two, two and a half million dollars, uh, minus what they recouped from the bank account. So uh, a few hundred thousand dollars back. So somewhere around two, some. point, two point. Actually, they didn't put the total of two and a half in. So, so yeah, somewhere around two million dollars. I mean, that's not what else. Today's world. What do you what else you got? Money ducks. I got I got I got. I got all, like I said, I'm an open book. I was Wait not a second. doing drugs while I was at Carbon Earth. My, my drug usage was well in my past. Uh, I, I've, I haven't done drugs in probably 14 years. Um, uh, now, uh, let's see, I have, I have eaten a gummy uh, from time to time. When Delta 8 first came out, I ate a couple of gummies. I do not like marijuana at all, at all. Uh, my, my thing was go fast, right? Like I, I was, uh, I was a big fan of the, uh, of the, uh, of the yayo. And again, 14, 15 years, how old am I? 36. Yeah. Maybe 15 years since the, the last time I've, uh, I've even seen it, uh, more, more or less done it. Uh, now, uh, uh if you want to talk about alcohol, yeah, I was drinking at carbon earth, but I was legitimately only drinking on the weekends. Uh, but, uh, I was, I would drink a fair amount. Uh, to uh, it was just it was just kind of my routine that, that port, I did. That port tastes good. You know, Friday would come around, uh, and you know, my wife and I we would go out and we would have lots of drinks and have lots of fun, and uh, that was that was a lot of what we did. Um, uh, maybe maybe I've 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 done a a very 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 minute doses of uh what they what they consider micro doses of uh of psilocybin. Uh, I guess that was, I don't know, five years ago, something like that. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, that's pretty much it for, for the, uh, for the answers there. What else you got? (laughs) 
Could you do a whole thing together, shaking my head, $2 million of weekend fun? Man, you have, you have, all right, Muddy Ducks. If I, so I've done a video on this, right? Uh, and I'll, I'll explain to you how, how it happened, right? We, uh, we had, we had a hell of a run and we gave it everything we had. We did not have the type of facility that we, we needed to support, uh, what we, the mistake we made. And I will, I will tell you that the majority of the issues that that uh, centered around, we were overselling what we were capable of producing, and uh, and it was it was it was a, it was an, it was a giant issue, right? Because we, we get in, we've got investors, and so immediately what we're thinking is is like, oh, shit, I, I, you know, we, they're they're investing two million dollars, uh, then you know we've got to hurry up and sell two million dollars. Well, the problem is is that legitimately we sold like four million dollars, right? And, uh, and so immediately you're behind the eight ball and you're trying to figure out how we're going to get it all made. Then someone else, uh, uh, someone else had, uh, said, uh, uh did you have equipment integration issues at Carpenter? Like lots of parts breakdowns that slowing things down. Yes. Just tons of it. I'll give you an example, like where we are with our manufacturing line right now, we have experienced, uh, 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 literally days of downtime in a year due to uh, equip, equipment malfunction. Uh, we uh, put all said and done, we were at months of downtime per year at Carbonath. First year was many months. The second year was fewer months, but still several months, four, somewhere around four total uh, through, uh, through a given uh, uh, fiscal year on that. So uh, yeah, that was that was a huge part of it, and part of it's trying to learn the system, trying to learn the kinks of the equipment. Uh, uh, part of it is is dealing with staffing issues. The other part of it is was having to deal with that during COVID, right? Because what happened during COVID is the uh, this is a small town of six hundred people, right? People hang out together on the weekends. There's not not a ton of people that you go hang out with on the weekends, right? So the guys you you work with, you go hang out with on the on the weekends. One of them comes up with COVID. Well, they were all together that weekend. Half of them fall out. And then what do you do? You're at, you're at half capacity. Well, sometimes you, what you have a minimum that you need on the floor in, in order to operate. And, uh, and if you, if you don't have that to be able to operate, then you're not able to operate. So there at the end, yes, when you have that much material, uh, 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 ready to, to get out and you have no people available to work and then they do come to work and you immediately, uh, uh, have an equipment malfunction, then yeah, it created a significant amount of, uh, of issues. Yeah. You, I, I, why don't you call in part, part of it is your ego a hundred percent. I've said this, I've said a hundred percent. I don't know what you think that you're going to pull from me is yeah. We made a fuck ton of mistakes. A fuck ton of mistakes. We made terrible, terrible decisions. Is this Muddy Duck? Hello? Muddy Ducks? No. This is Paul Smith. Hey. Paul. Yeah, I'm just not who you're looking for. You're, you're, you're not. Uh <laughs> You're not, and uh, and I, and uh, again, I don't know why this guy does not have the balls to call in, and uh, and it's 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 ridiculous. But again, we made a shit ton of mistakes, and if if you think my ego got in the way, you have no idea how much my ego got in the way, right? 
because I sure as shit don't want to look someone in the face that uh, I have the potential to close a seven-figure deal with and tell them I can't make it. Do you, do you, what do you think got in the, in the way there? Uh, oh, 100% my fucking ego. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's all that it broke down to. Uh, so what else you got in your business, uh, during COVID. So yeah. Oh, wow. I uh, that's, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and what, what did you do? Oh, you got to, you got to rebuild your fucking life. Didn't you? I did. Hey, money, money docs. You know, the, the great thing about this country is, is that it is endless fucking opportunity that, that is what the United States is. It is endless fucking opportunity. And it doesn't matter how big my ego still is or how fragile my ego is. I know this. A hundred percent, I know this. You, you, no one understands how, how much of a fucking weirdo, uh, 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 mentally ill, anxiety written. That's why I wasn't on the show last week. I wasn't here mentally. I was no good psychologically last week. And I had to fucking take the night off. I didn't want to come on and put a smile on my face and, and fake my way through an hour and a half, two hours of it. I just wasn't there mentally. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be in a bad place. I'd rain on everybody's parade. I'd probably say something I'd end up regretting. But you know what? Again, I live in America. So even though I still have an ego that I'm still learning from, that I will spend the rest of my life learning about, I've got the opportunity in this place to reboot and try all over again. And it's amazing. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Only in Make America. Sure you're in a bad Only spot in America. raging on your show again. Please. Yeah. Only please, in America. Muddy Ducks. Call in and, and let's. <laughs> That's all you got to do is call. I mean, if the it, opportunity <laughs> to say whatever it is you want to say. You keep shit talking me, but you can't call in and actually say it to me. Tell us about yourself. I, I know this the is the only Brian place Wayland. on YouTube. I know exactly who it is. Again, I'm it's glad you're at on YouTube. That the haters call in. You can't call in on Ryan mm-hmm. Henry. You can't call in to Alan. You can't call any of those guys. They won't even face the music. Just say, call in, talk to us. We're fallible people. We're they don't, normal they human don't, beings. They don't bite. Nah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. It's easier to type Ryan. Maybe Ryan. <laughs> No, you know, see, you know what I did do, be... Muddy Ducks, is I lost I lost well over 100 pounds. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm at 13% body fat. I'm going to run over 30 miles by the end of the week. Uh, I can bench press over 300 pounds. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, for, for me and, and myself at six foot four, I'm an absolute fucking specimen that I've never been before in my life. Uh, I feel great. My wife says I look great, which is all that's important to me. Uh, I have happy kids that are in private school that are excelling both in athletics and academics. I, I couldn't be any more blessed than with what I have. Okay. And I, I, and the only reason I have what I have is because uh, I don't do very well mentally. I do well physically. Right. So, uh, you know, and I can continue to show them that I will work endlessly to provide for them. And I'm going to fuck up, but because I continue to try really hard, they give me the time of day. And I hope, I hope that with my own psychopathy that I have to deal with, I can show them that no matter 
what they have to face in the world, whether it be mental health issues, whether it be self-induced ego driving businesses into the ground, that you can get up the next day and you can do it all over again. So there we go. Yup. Well, listen, Muddy Ducks, if you want to talk about well any of these fed, other subjects, so go ahead and go ahead and call in. If otherwise, I just want to talk turf boys because bro, bro can't sack up and call and you know yell at us. Yeah, we'll, on the phone. We'll switch to turf. Yeah. Uh, we I, we gotta we gotta call we gotta call Cam back. Yeah, maybe we'll actually we'll call Paul back as well too. Yeah, yeah. Call call Cam. Let's call Cam back because uh, Cam's got something good going on right now. <laughs> Dude, Cam and and freaking yeah. um, Ben. Jesus, have you seen the pictures? What's up? His... What's up? What's up, fellas? What are you it, doing? Hey, I, have I, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Are, are Pops and Ben engaged in a iron cutter prick waving contest right now, or what? Because listen, they're both. It just pretty. might be. It just. It just <laughs> might be. <laughs> I think. I think Pops might be in a different age class, but dude. You see the thing that Ben posted the other day on Instagram where he had the he had the golf oh, ball man. sitting on his hair and they has has the masters piano music playing behind it. <laughs> it looks <laughs> I was just scrolling through and it, it you know gave me a notification that he had posted something, but this was the post before where it was like the wide angle shot, and I just was, I was mm-hmm. like, I was blown away. It looks amazing. So um I you know, personally, my ego is glad that uh it all worked out for y'all because I thought I I think I felt partially responsible. Like I kept thinking every time I see these posts, to be like, man, <laughs> if this goes south. You should have. This is gonna get a look good for this ain't gonna look good for old Demay. This is gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad news. But well, you, you know guys what? have killed it. I, I was fine, thinking so. this. No, I was thinking the same thing because uh, I know I talked. I kind of talked Cam into this too, and that's like cool Bermuda sprig it you know i yep. I, I was yep. the uh i was the the instigator as well on this and it's like but then you see this is how easy or no how simply a bad situation can be turned around and you know i have a saying uh where a bad lawn is just a couple apps of Soul Stealer and a, a truckload of sprigs away from being all good. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now for a Especially when you're in the right and when you're in the right location. There you go. Thank yeah, you when you're in the right lo- when, Yeah, when you're in the right area. But then I paraphrase this from what the fellas in the cool season region of the USA, and that they always joke about how when they have trouble with their their turf, you know, the solution is as quick and as in reach as a bottle of Roundup and a bag of seeds away. And a bag of seeds. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You're right. Right, Ken? Hey, man, I, I, I'm not right? afraid of Roundup and a bag of seed anymore at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, that's what i was trying to tell brent too from western western mass is like you know we're there's a certain point you get so worked up about fundicides and this and that and and, and working your way out of the jam yeah. and 
you know, over here off to the right side of the flow chart is this arrow that, you know, is goes this way and points down and says, just see the motherfucker. <laughs> yep. You know, and be done with it. And, it's, yes. And, if, and if, yeah, because uh, what did I see starting last year uh, when I was sitting down with Zach? No more hospice lawn care. No more. I mean, if it can't yeah. be kept alive on its own using ordinary measures, it's bulldozer time. It's just bulldozer Damn, what is, time. What's and, been and your Ryan, biggest... Ryan, it's, it's funny that what you were saying because I, I was uh, recording yesterday and I actually recorded a video that's going to cover exactly what you just said. Sometimes you just can't spur your way out. You're done. And that's you okay. You've got to be done with it. I, I just feel like mm-hmm. the uh, the sunk cost fallacy in turf management, and it, it's it's easier when you're at a smaller scale. It's easier when you're, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. lower expectations than a, you know, a superintendent at Augusta National or something like that. You can't just deep six something because you don't like the way it looks. Um, but I think that too often people get caught up in this hamster real rat race thing where it's like oh i gotta i gotta buy more humic i gotta buy more fertilizer i gotta buy oh i gotta yeah, treat it with this fun yeah. it's like bro you know just start just with stop. good genetics just stop. you'll be in, you'll be impressed with how much easier your life gets yeah yep yep i mean Damn. So I got, i'm I in got the same place <laughs> actually right, let's lay it on us all right so one of them warm season one of them cool season so on pops lawn uh, I am thinking about going down with the second round of raised cleanup app. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this will be about two, maybe three weeks after. It'll probably be three weeks after the initial application. Okay. Crabgrass okay. is starting to die off a little bit, but that's like the main mm-hmm. thing that's really hanging around. Should I substitute something mm-hmm. else in there? No. 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 Do not. Do nope. not. Uh-uh. No, no, not need an ALS inhibitor in there. Uh, nope, nope. Right, okay. Ryan, please explain. Please explain to Cam what happens when you lay down an application, a full rate application of quinclorac on hybrid Bermuda. Please explain to him so I that he's mean, not tempting. There's more ways that it can go wrong than it can go right. Um. Mm-hmm. So essentially with the mode of action, it, it essentially stunts and, and really like it doesn't just like yellow and make it look bad. It actually stunts the growth of the Bermuda for a period of probably at least two weeks, probably closer to like three, three and a half, something like that. So uh, yeah, unless you can tolerate that and I mean, it'll come back, it'll be fine you know my only concern with it on a new stand is that you know you yep, need yep. every single day hour that you can get to build those I carbohydrate do. reserves for I those do. new plants and mm-hmm. i would rather see you make an effort to clean up that crabgrass as best you can but that is not going to be uh a deal breaker right in long-term health of that grass right so Let's say that, you know, after your second spray, 15%, you know, I don't know what what kind of coverage you have, but let's just say that it's even 5%, um, you know, crabgrass. That 5% will fill in by, you know, Father's Day of next year after you green up, you know. So take that for what it's worth. Get your pregame going 
really, really strong next year mm-hmm. in the spring, right? Even this fall. I mean, I'm assuming there's no overseed here. So, you know, get that pre-emergent out this fall and get going on that. And then, um, I don't right. know, man. I just, I, I think on, that, uh, there's, there's on the fall, you're in a really good on spot. The fall pre. Just don't screw it up on the fall. Yes. Yeah, on the fall pre. <laughs> what do you think about a monument and simazine for this fall? And the reason why is because normally on Bermuda going into winter, my preferred is split at spectacle, but I think Cam's no Pop Salon is too young and you know too soon after sprigging to do spectacle on. You know, I I'm think not against that. that. I, I'm not against that, and then just come back in the when when would pops be completely dormant? January. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably gonna be like Jan- January, February time frame. Okay. So, and, so and Matt, would you go thing. out? Would you do a glyphosate app to clean up whatever breaks through? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fe- February time frame, one hundred percent. I would be. I'd be doing glyphosate in February. In Feb. Yeah. Glyphosate. In I, and Feb, I yeah. really, really like the simazine monument combo. Uh, that's expensive, mm-hmm. but. The longevity you'll get out of the monument combined with the simazine there is good. You know, revolver revolver simazine would be would be good, but not give you the the duration out of it. Um, negate and uh, and simazine may not be terrible, but it would not be the best choice either. Um, okay. okay, here's why. But it, it, just some, some other options there. Options, yeah, you've got choices okay. and. The reason why I'm thinking Simazine right now is because, as you know, I am that guy that has applied Simazine as the pre-emergent during sprigging. That's why I know that recently sprigged Bermuda is tolerant. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Okay, Cam. <laughs> All right, so that's warm season. So now we're going to switch over to cool season. Um, I am actually in the process of getting my fall repair renovations and stuff going right now um, at my place. And I am already taking the lawn down, and I got some leveling that I need to do to get to where my height of cut wants to be for next year, which is going to be sub two inches next year on tall fescue <laughs> um yeah. so i'm thinking from a leveling standpoint are you going should i go sand or a sand soil mix i've got opinions about this <laughs> right um, and that's and that's why i'm calling because i knew i would get various opinions i kind of know where ray already stands <laughs> back the sand truck up bizarre <laughs> yeah. and, and and i'm in where i would be a little more lenient with it i have had so many people reach out this year about soil they brought in from various areas like maryland mm-hmm. and others that have been so fucked up the soil they bring in that is sold as topsoil is insane 
it is not is this, is, construction fill would be a better option than what than what's being put <laughs> down right you know what i'm saying like 30% organic matter and real weird uh, 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 macro skews, you know, Base where soil. it's obvious that yeah. they're, they're taking yeah. something and then blending compost into it to call it topsoil, right? And it just, it is, mm-hmm. it is a bad, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad mix, right? And then it creates uh, uh, color issues throughout the lawn that are going to take longer to redeem than if it just would have been sand. It may have some color issues, but would correct at a faster rate than it would be bringing in some wild ass foreign quote unquote soil. So yeah. where I normally would say, eh, 30% soil integrated into it, 25% soil integrated into it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lean more towards rate just because one Maryland this year specifically. And two, the, how many people have reached in with it. And then it's weird. What is, is, are we, is there a shortage of, I mean, for God's sake, literally just sell construction fill and call it topsoil and it'll, I, I promise it'll grow grass better than what they're, what they're selling. I've Man. seen, I've seen some bad stuff. I've actually went around to a couple of places just to look at it and kind of see what it's looking like. And it, it, it does mm-hmm. look bad. I do have one supplier that I got some from like a year or so ago mm-hmm. that was pretty good. And I haven't made it up there to to check theirs out and see what it looks like right now. Um, but I have some of theirs already in my backyard and it, and it worked out pretty good. I didn't have a lot of crazy weed seeds and stuff that came out of it, but Hey, that, that, that fluctuates from year to year. So who knows what I'm going to get this year. If, if you've already got it on site, just use it in my opinion. Oh no, I don't. I gotta go get something. Oh. So that's why I'm, oh, okay. that's why I'm asking the question. How when we're talking about when you say leveling, like what's the deepest deflection you have off of the grade you want? Like, and is it, it because inch? like there's there's dead Inches. fescue that's missing in that spot and it's creating a divot, or is it like a legitimate just bad divot? Is, is legitimately a bad divot. And talking to my neighbors, there previously used to be a tree, maybe two trees oh, in that area. Shit. No. And it's sunken <laughs> in. And like the grass grows fine there for the most part, but it's, it's over time, it's just sunken in. And the lowest point may be six inches. There's, there's a oh. couple of bad spots that's in it. Um, that's soil. Mm-hmm. We're anywhere yeah, from four to, six, four to six inches. I I didn't want sure. to say it, but yeah, you're 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 back. In the uh, yeah, so I think trying to find a quality topsoil would be important. I don't look. I I would just look for, you know, uh, pulverized topsoil. I wouldn't go with uh, mixes and blends. You don't know what you're going to get in there. Quality, consistency, everything like that. Just use topsoil, and then if you need to fine tune on top of that, that's when you can start using sand to fine tune grades that are, you know, say three quarters of an inch or plus or minus a half an inch out right across your lawn and start to work down that way. Um, I mean, the other thing I would do is I would investigate those areas that potentially have the tree or roots or anything like that or around them. Like, you know, just dig a small hole where you think it might be, because if there's still remnants of that uh, tree and the trunk and root, root flare, things like that in there, you want to get those out right away 
before you go do all this work because it's going to continue to decay, continue to settle, and you'd hate to put all this effort and work yeah. and time into it, and then it all is the same way in two years. You know what I mean? And I think, and I think that's what happens is I think it's decaying and settling. Mm. So yeah, so, you get I, that out so of there. I also had this wild hair idea of taking a, getting a side cutter, cutting those areas out because the grass grows fine there. The the grass is fine. So taking a side cutter, side cutting those areas out, topsoil underneath, get me up close to where I need to be for my grade, lay the side back down and do any fine tuning left with sand. That is not crazy at all. That's a good no, idea. That's a, that's a very common, no, that, a very that's, common thing to do. That's a, that's actually a legitimate technique. If you already have good turf grass there, why the hell tear it up and kill it? Just lift it, uh, fix your your deviation, and then put sod right back on top. No one will be the wiser, pretty much. I mean, that's just a legitimate technique and. That is, in the cases, you, you actually get adept at doing that when you are not a truckload of sprigs and a couple apps of soul stealer away <laughs> from a brand new lawn, or you're not a bag of seed and a, and a bottle of Roundup away from a, a new and better lawn. I mean, because you learn this kind of stuff when... Sod is literally five dollars a square foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Learn. <laughs> yeah, so that that's that's the kind of the the path that I was thinking about going down is taking the side cutter, cutting those areas mm-hmm. out, fixing the grade mm-hmm. underneath the width soil as best as I can get it, which is gonna get me mm-hmm. pretty close. And then right, right. any others smaller adjustments fine. i just do it with uh with saying yeah fine fine tune it and then and then call it good that i like that yep i like Me that too. plan <laughs> mm-hmm. boom all right i'm good that's all i have fellas i appreciate it appreciate the info um Ryan Ray quit making me spend money uh, down at Pops Loan. And, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, that, if you get this right, it should be easy street, dude. I mean, literally, you tell Pops, hey, you're going to make two herbicide applications a year and uh, fertilize it, mow it, and water it when it needs it. And he's on the gravy train. He's man. golden. Biscuit wheels. Yeah. Pop, Papa is golden. Oh, because, uh, oh yeah. As, soon as, you know, as long as we get through this season, soon when he comes out in the spring and green up happens, he's going to be on easy street next year. Yeah. Because the the alternative is Bermuda baby. You cut corners now half acid. And then this yeah. lawn becomes an uphill battle in perpetuity. And then at that point you get beyond where you can spray your way out of a problem. And I'm going to say, yep, Cam, it's time for the bulldozer. <laughs> yeah now we're, no, we're no, in a good spot we're in a we're in a real good spot the coverage looks good it's filling in the weeds the weeds are the broad leaves are fried um <laughs> so it's now just up to it filling in those areas and uh we're, we're gonna be in a good spot give it a i'm gonna give it a next dose of fert here in about another week and uh 
that should get us close to the finish line to getting all the way filled in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom. I love it. Boom. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> all right, then, fellas. Y'all have a good one. I'll be in the Discord. Game on. <laughs> have a good night, Cam. All right. Yeah. How, how, how long until Cam makes it back to North Carolina? I'm giving it three, three months. <laughs> He'll just buy a property there to grow from you. Oh. Grass camp. camp some people it. have a hunting I could camp. See him doing that too. Some people have a fishing camp. You know, Cam's gonna have a grass camp. <laughs> nor, nor would do that. What are you Stop. doing, Paul? <laughs> What's can you can on? you talk to me about chapter seven? <laughs> Paul, hey, Paul was uh, Actually, sending me some racy pictures last night. He was he was up late doing some some nasty things to some tall fescue in the dark, mm-hmm. sensual mm-hmm. things. Ooh, <laughs> things that you you would only so, do so to tall fescue. Somebody's paying you a good amount of money Matt, to do. Matt, you never you know fun I mean? decided I mean, uh, fescue in the dark. Uh, I, I, I look, Paul, you know, the answer to this hell yeah. I've fungicided fescue in the dark and you know what I did it with Paul start with the P you're damn right. It started with the P it was a motherfucking permagreen <laughs> that I did it with. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Every app, every line all season forever and ever. I will die on this hill. I will say that that the uh, you need the, a backpack. The... Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you know that's why I routed my spray nozzle over the uh, over the over the tire, right? And it was my it was my way my, my, of, my of being able to be, very uh, similar. It works better that way, doesn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. If you. If you don't have it over the uh, right tire, then you're not doing it right. This is why I love you, Paul. I don't care what it's per- it's I, man, stuff. No matter what, we we are going to lock arms and we're gonna we're gonna fight the world together, back to back, man. <laughs> Me and you, we got this. <laughs> so what's up, guys? <laughs> I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Dick's airplanes and bank I'm, I'm well apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to see no, what I the want... neighbor with the airplane sees when he flies over Matt's overgrown lawn. All right. I think I think this is uh, Spencer now. So earlier I thought it was Brian Whalen, but I'm fairly certain this is this is Spencer uh, coming back because before Spencer was uh he was sending my my sending me, sending me my address and then he sent the list of the areas he was going to circle and drive to now I know he's looking at my house on Google Earth and uh and he's saying uh uh the neighbor with the airplane sees when he flies over Matt's overgrown lawn shrubs uh so I'm I'm proud uh, of you for having an overgrown lawn yeah, so this this is him. Hey, by the way, uh, did, didn't you say you were you, you you told me that my wife should watch my back, Spencer? Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that isn't that amazing? There's balls of steel on you there, buddy. Balls of steel. Does that mm-hmm. podcast need to be public again? I don't know. Nah, I think Gosh. so. I think it's. I think that's going to have to go back live on the YouTube. And uh, 
uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Oklahoma Bureau of Investigations follows up with next after the fact. Uh, anyway, thank God we've, <laughs> got, right, so we've Paul, got a log of this one tonight. Hey, Paul, what's up, dude? All right, Paul, so here's here's my question. You know, you're running all right. probably a variety of turf types down there. Let's take cool season out of the mix right now, right? So you've got, okay. you know, some Bermuda accounts, some Zoysia accounts, St. Aug, maybe some Centipede, uh, especially if you're in Matt's hood. You know, he only he only lives in subdivisions and properties that have centipede grass in them. It's actually a requirement, he tells his realtor. This when he's buying this house, it's over $500,000. <laughs> Did you even find a $500,000 house that has centipede lawn? Is that even a thing that exists? No, no, not here. Um, <laughs> not, not, not in North Carolina. No, no. Yeah. I do, it's really hard to find a $500,000 house in Knoxville. They're typically all above that. And, uh, I'll stick to my, my You'd have to uh, join the army and uh, move to Fayetteville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. North Carolina's in high demand right now. Mm. All right. So when you have these accounts, how, how do you oh, split up hey, your Demay, routes? Demay, we did hit it. Uh, better be careful with names. You will lose this channel. Uh, okay, Spencer. My, my, uh, my attorney is waiting, right? You have... Your dad or whoever is representing you, call my attorney. And and again, I know, I know, I know that you don't know, but legitimately, because you were going to threaten uh, to you because you threatened to poison the water supply, I got a phone call from the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigations, the OBI. Okay. And I sent over a tremendous amount of information that they requested from me. So you, I, I will say whatever name I want to say, Spencer, just putting that out there. I gave you the opportunity to call in today. I gave you the opportunity to call in today. You wouldn't do it. So we'll, I, I, you please continue to make whatever threat you want to make. Please continue telling me that my wife needs to watch her back. My kids need to watch whatever they're doing. Whatever you want to come up with, by all means, please do. Spencer, I got you. I 100%. <laughs> Got you, buddy. We're buddies. We're bros, man. We're bros. <laughs> so, Paul, you got all these accounts. How do you break this up so that you're not spraying something on a zoysia lawn that you wouldn't spray on a Bermuda lawn and so on and so forth? What's the, what's the calculus in Paul Smith's world for handling situations like that? And, and, and think of it from a small scale to start where it's hard to segment those all out and you only have like a route a day and it's hard to kind of like, you know, crisscross the city just so you can do, you know, all your Bermuda accounts or oh, something absolutely. like that. How would you handle that? Um, you basically, you separate crews. You've got a warm season crew, you've got a cool season crew. And then sometimes we can, we can overlap depending on the, you know, the application. Um, But my biggest thing is, uh, especially on the warm season, get a good pre out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, if you're using uh, spectacle, uh, using SureGuard or uh, those tend to uh, to go a long way. To, you know, just as far as preventing weeds. And then you pick up a backpack um, as, as needed. Um, mm -hmm. 
so that really prevents on the warm season, you know, having to go out there and make blanket applications. I, I see what you're saying. So trying to, again, herbicide selection to uh, to have as much crossover between <clears throat> grass types as possible. Mm-hmm. Again, Demay, I'm I'm going to push into this. My my thing is is truck design, and uh, when when I was in a mixed market like that, um, you know, again, I had I had three hose reels uh, for three independent tanks, right? So uh, it was a 600 two split 100 gallon tanks that went to a, another hose reel. So the 600 went to one hose reel. Um, and I, I actually had it, had it teed off where you could send the 600 gallon tank to the other hose reel too. If like two people wanted to spray out of that one hose reel. Um, uh, and then I had another hundred gallon drop tank on the back and I had a third hose reel underneath the other two hose reels. Uh, and, and really that one I only used for trees and shrubs occasionally occasionally i would have to put insect and disease control in it and go make uh uh you know uh fungicide and disease applications with it on you know my my grass types right but i never put any herbicide in that third 100 gallon drop tank i'm i'm a sucker for not splitting crews just because of in my in my opinion route density is is more important you know so maximizing uh, revenue per hour is going to be more important uh, than uh, well, it just is. Period. It, it, uh, revenue per hour is going to be the most important part of it. So, um, anyway, that's uh, and that's why I'm, I'm not the I'm not the best person to ask because you know. Oh no, it's, it's not the best. It's not about the best person. My guys about... spend four days on. Um, just one property. There's no There's right or wrong way to do one this. property or or a whole day. And that's yeah. the thing is I don't, I, However, I don't look at a perspective from a variety of different people. That's the most important part to me. Okay, because I'm going to tell you that should I ever get teleported to a place where I've got a one-acre zoysia lawn here, one-acre centipede lawn here, one-acre St. Aug lawn here, one-acre Bermuda lawn here? Yeah. You know, the service vehicle design would be very different in that it would have the main tank and then a drop tank for each grass type. That's just how it is. And the reason why for each grass type is because, Paul, have you ever seen what happens when you fail to wash out your equipment thoroughly enough, for example? And you previously had some Pilex in the lines or the nozzle, and you sprayed that on Zoysia. Reason we don't use Pilex. Okay, then... I've had I've had Celsius carry over into uh, uh, a, a fescue lawn, and it was mm-hmm. disastrous. It was bad, it right? Killed, if you, and you don't Michael do it killed right. the yeah, first absolutely. three fescue lawns, and then the rest of them were okay after that. But yeah, it was okay. And, and Matt, I got an even more nerve-wracking one for you. Imagine me having cethoxidim in the spray rig to treat centipede. Cethoxidim. <laughs> That's a, it's a good cleanup herbicide. 
yeah, but uh, you better make absolutely effing sure that it goes nowhere near Zoisha, Bermuda, St. Augustine, or Seashore Pespalum, or yeah. you've got a lot of resorting to do. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's where my answer to Ryan, you know, would be if you have a situation where you've got all of these lawns all chopped up and you never know what you're going to get uh, because uh, people in that town are like uh, Forrest Gump and they think uh, life's like a box of chocolates except it's for their lawn. Uh, you better make plans to segregate out spray equipment for, according to the grass types. And then, of course, you have yet another drop tank and pump and hose reel just for your cool season stuff. Now, I mean, that's how what I if would, I uh... told you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what if I told you that... I don't know where I went. My camera died. Ooh. I died. I'm not dead. Uh, I'm somehow invisible. Yeah, you're... Um, back! Hallelujah. Turn my light up. Turn my light up. There we go. Let me get a little better light. A little, little mood lighting there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what if I said today. that they want to use a ride on only? Not only. No drop tank. Not only. Well, I mean, like, you know, you got to pull a backpack and everything like that, but no, no tank sprayer, no skid sprayer. Um, now, all right, so if you, every truck, what can you segregate truck. stakes? All right. So we'll, let's think about it. The time of year that you're going to be making blanket applications on warm season, heavy environments, right. Are going to be in the spring and fall. Typically your pre-emergent oh, seasons right. during the summer, you're going to be granular, right. Uh, unless you're doing, uh, uh, again, like, you know, some insect and disease control, but again, you know, the, the rest of the time from, April through September, any kind of weed control you're going to be doing will be out of a backpack. That's just probably the most efficient way to get it done, right? So uh, again, now we're in the, so pre-emergent apps are going to be your blanket apps. You, you really only have to worry about one mix there because you can usually apply. Um, uh, uh, well, shit, no, because you're going to want to be, you're going to want to have supposed, can you split the tanks in the ride-on? Yes. No. Then, uh, then with yes. two tanks for certain. So <laughs> homogenize your weed control for uh, centipede and St. Augustine. Homogenize your herbicide for um, uh, Bermuda zoysia. For the most part, aside from Seth Oxidem, for the most part, what's safe on centipede is safe on St. Augustine. Of course, mm -hmm. there's objections, uh, you know, uh, uh, rules to be broken there, but. Um, I, I think that's the easiest way to get done, especially if you can split tanks on your ride on. Now, I do think also that you need split tanks on your trucks as well, at least two tanks, right? So you do your primary mixing for those two nurse tanks that you fill your machines with, and then you're filling the appropriate side you know, based on what, what you're going for. Right. And if you've got to color code the tank lids to make sure you don't have a mistake or something like that, right. Like, you know, dye your nozzle on one of your, uh, hose reels orange. And then the tank that sprays that mix, make it orange as well. You know, the cap and I uh, do the same thing on the other side. And, 
Yes. Matt, can I tell you what I do? Sure. So on cool season backpacks, they have a blue duct tape. Warm season, red. Uh, tree shrub is green. Um, I personally run a 200-gallon uh, split tank. Um, it's never had any kind of herbicide in it. I've got one that is dedicated, one side dedicated tree shrub, one side that's dedicated uh, fertilizer and fungicide only, and then a 65-gallon drop tank um, for herbicide as needed, and it comes in and out uh, for the permagreen. Hmm. Hmm. The hmm, uh, I'm just taking I, it all I, in. So I can, you know, I have I have done it. When I first started in Augusta, uh, uh, you know, it was it was you know one truck, right? So you're trying to hit, you know, everything, all, all the grass types, right? But when when it was two people. We went the route of of splitting it between two different techs, right? So you had one tech target centipede and St. Augustine, and then the other one target your other grass types. And a lot of times what I would do, depending on how tight the route was, was run everything in the area that was Bermuda Zoysia. And then once I ran everything empty, then I would switch over to my centipede uh, uh, St. Augustine mix and then finish my route uh, that way, right? So... um but I, again, I was kind of fortunate there just due to the, the route density could be the same in other areas too. Right. And that's, that's one of those, you, you have to, you have to gauge it by, you know, we're selling, right. You know, if you're selling in one area, that's just hot and on fire, you know, four different zip codes that are all next to each other, you know, 60 subdivisions, then it makes sense, you know, especially if it's in a, you know, a, a, a six mile radius or something. Hell yeah, you can do that. But if you're, well, you know, if, you've got, if they're all Bermuda. You know, you treat them all as Bermuda. Well, yeah, and and but if you've and, got and you know if you're turf thirty miles apart, and you got if you're thirty miles apart, centipede, and it's and it's all intermixed, then you know now you know now you, you know you're talking about one tech you know trying to do that. Here's the other advantage about having a tech dedicated to a grass type is chances are they're likely to become an expert on that grass type faster than the person who's managing four different uh, species of grass as well. So it really could Absolutely. go both ways, you know, and it's, I think there's a case for either of it. Uh, I think from a dollar perspective, I would argue that one truck handling all of it makes more sense in terms of consistency of application quality, I think it's going to edge slightly higher to having a dedicated tech to a dedicated, a dedicated grass type or blend of grass types, right? Bermuda Zoysia for one tech, uh, Centipede St. Augustine for another one. Matt, I, think, I would now, probably now talking agree. it out loud. Oh. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to draw the line there, It'll, right? Like it's which, which one do you need to hedge in terms of making people happy? Because my thought is, is that if you try to make somebody do all in one, that just increases the chances of something going wrong. 
Okay, that just Absolutely. increases the chance of something going wrong. And at that point, I like the idea of saying this tech services all the centipede, you know, St. Augustine. This tech services all of the Zoisha Bermuda. And by the way, the other issue with dealing with like St. Augustine is what happens when you want to use progress on St. Augustine? Because progress is the very thing that you use to kill Bermuda and Zoysia contamination within St. Augustine. All right. So, so here, here's in that particular yeah, can, instance. Can I ask something and say something? I would upsell that. What you got, Paul? <laughs> okay. If you have a good pre emergent program, that's mm-hmm. going to negate a lot of the weeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's However, so difficult to control weeds that you can upsell. However, please, everybody, put this into yet another perspective. You hammer Centipede and St. Augustine with the same pre emergence and the same rates of pre emergence that you can get away with on Zoysia or Bermuda. You will be that person oh, that makes that centipede and that St. Augustine decline. You owe somebody a lawn once things go down. So I'm now, kind of I, careful I, about, about the whole thing of treating centipede and St. Augustine pre-emergent-wise the same way that I would treat, say, Zoysia or Bermuda. And you know what my experience is with uh, those grasses, out of all the grasses, zoysia tends to tolerate pre-emergent even better than even Bermuda does. Now that I think about it and my observation over the years. Again, you know, the, the poison's in the dose, right? You know, so, uh, yeah. you know, finding the appropriate dose between uh, appropriate rate that you could be tolerant across those four, you know, and, and again, do you need to make two sets of split apps of spectacle on Bermuda Zoysia, uh, to, to keep them clean? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. You don't need to split between Zoysia and not between Zoysia and Bermuda. However, be extremely conscious of how, St. Augustine and Centipede react to, say, more than six ounces per acre of spectacle flow per year. Be very conscious of how those grasses react to that. And just keep that in mind. I mean, it's... Uh, Four and a half. One... All, yeah. all I heard is yeah. that Paul wants to come back here in a couple of weeks and talk to us about all this for two two and a half maybe three hours <laughs> no thanks guys no yeah, you're coming on know. we're gonna talk i had a great nap today <laughs> <laughs> i bet all right we gotta good go. to talk to you paul thanks guys we'll see you all right have a good night 
All right. Uh, we we are going to wrap it up as well too. It's ten forty five. Uh, it is. Uh, it's it's a doozy. We need to. We need to. We need a GTFO. All of us do. Um, everyone, do. have a great night. We're going to see you on Sunday. Uh, Sunday, uh, we will be we will be recording. Burning we doing, and returning. We are burning, burning and, and returning. returning. Are we doing a regular show? Oh God. I, JPEG, I'll, I'll get with you over the weekend. Uh, we need to get this scheduled with the Centipede guys and get them on sooner than later. And in fact, I may. What do y'all think about on Sunday having the Centipede guys on? Sure. Do that. For it. Yeah. I'd be down for yeah. it. Yeah. Send okay. it. If that I'll works, get send that it. figured yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. JPEG, I'll, I'll loop you in with the, the deets on that. We'll okay. Start with the fuck it, do it live polka. JPEG. I, so. I, got it. I, got it. I got it ready. Get it queued up. All right. Yeah, it's, I love it's in the it's in the production. We good. Y'all have Literally. a great night. Catch on the flip side. Bye. You are a fucking pussy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>